Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, episode 506, coming to you on Wednesday, October the 11th, 2023. We're going to go with uh, Wednesday Follies for today's title, and before we get into the uh, theme of the show, let me remind you the best way you can make a difference. The best way you can help me is to like, share, and subscribe to this here program. And if you're feeling particularly motivated, you can rate and review this program. Uh, go to your favorite social media, share it, rate it, review it, go go to YouTube, uh, your podcatcher, whatever suits your needs. Every little bit helps. I had a high download uh, last week of 1.2K for the book commentary on radical. Uh, so that tells me I must've done something right. Unfortunately with yesterday's extremely late episode due to the, uh, challenges that I had to deal with over the last week, I got to tell you, I'm missing two episodes, uh, really took some, uh, wind out of the sails there, but Hey, look, I'm, I'm hopeful it'll rebound, but I know anytime I put Texit in the title, yeah, yeah, the algorithms do not love it. Uh, they do not help me. So that's what your job is out there, folks. I don't ask for money. I ask for about 20 minutes of your time and a little help with a share or a like. We can get the word out. We can make a difference. We are impacting right here in McKinney and Collin County. Every little bit helps. So here we go. The follies, right? So I've been dealing with some stuff. I, I've talked about it slightly off and on for about two months. Uh, still don't want to get into a whole lot of detail because there's a lot of stuff pending. But suffice it to say, the executive committee meeting uh, that happened on Monday night, uh, we took one step forward. That's uh, just the easiest way to explain it. Certainly didn't get to finish the business at hand. We, we certainly didn't get to wrap up a lot of things that had been pending. But we took one step forward. I'm hopeful that we'll uh, get this all the rest of the way behind us and we can move on. We have lots of important things to do, particularly and most importantly, taking back HD 70 from the crazy leftists. We'll see. We will see. That being said, when I talk about one step forward, I fully acknowledge that a whole lot of things happened, good, bad, and otherwise. One of the key things, and I did briefly mention this yesterday, is we have what could what could arguably arguably wow arguably be a very interesting primary season coming around the corner here. Now those folks have got an uphill battle because anytime you go up against an incumbent, it's tough. But I would like to see what's going to play out. I'm looking forward to this. I think it should be interesting, and I've always said. That unless you're a perfect incumbent, you should expect to be challenged. I am in favor of the incumbents being challenged. Now, I want a nice, clean fight. I want everybody to remember we're on the same team. I certainly want for there to be some distinctive uh, differences between the two. You know, what can I do better? What did this person not do well? What am I going to do well? That kind of thing. But if we're just going to talk about minor degrees of difference, well, what's going on there? Come on, guys. We're on the same team. But we still have to deal with the concept, right, that it has been said that our state reps betrayed us. They betrayed the AG. Okay, I hear the argument. I'll neither defend it nor attack it. That's the argument. Is that adequate to change your vote from the incumbent to this other guy? 
I don't know. That's going to be a hard sell. I look forward to seeing how that's going to play out. And to be honest, I do have favorites. I talk about it later. It's not appropriate right now because not everything's settled out yet. And uh, I'm not really sure that I'm going to make a difference one way or the other in either of these or any of these races, I should say. And there's more to come because it ain't over. There's, there's a whole lot more things going on right now. But one thing that I can make a difference, if you live in my county and you are a precinct chair, it's really simple. We've got one good choice that I can see going forward. His name's John Myers. He has been our vice chair for a long time. He's done a good job. He's next in line. He's thrown his hat in the ring. He's committed to do the job. Let's keep him. Let's keep things moving steady. Get past this bump that we're currently uh, dealing with. And let's m- march forward. We have to take back HD70. We ha- we have to focus on the battles that we haven't been winning. And the only way to do that is to, wor- to work with what's there and to work with what's been working. But we also have to be willing to discuss the things that haven't worked, the things that haven't been successful. So this is, this is where we are dealing with the idea of the circular firing squad, right? We're, we're all pointing fingers at each other. It's everybody else's fault. Um, that's a challenge. That's something we've got to overcome, but that's not appropriate for this podcast. That's an internal battle. And I wish to God the people that were in my party would keep it off social media. The finger pointing, the nonsense, the fighting amongst ourselves. It's doing nobody any good. I mean, if I wanted to come on this show and start naming names and dropping and, you know, smearing people, for lack of a better word, I could do it. I think I'd be mm, not entirely out of line with doing it after some of the things that have happened to me over the last several months. But again, this is stuff that is appropriate to be handled internally. This is not stuff that you put over the airwaves. It's not stuff that you throw all over social media. This is internal stuff. I mean, the Democrat Party does this very, very well. They fight tooth and nail to get what they want, whatever it is, in-house. And then when they come out of the house, they just focus all their ire on everybody that opposes them. They're very effective. And the only way we can counter that is to become equally very effective. And how do we do that? We quit arguing and bickering over degrees of difference. We focus on what's in front of us. We focus on how do we get the incremental change that we've been busy sacrificing over decades in hopes of keeping the peace. Well, at this point, there is no peace. There's never going to be peace. If it helps you visualize it, think of the leftist Democrats being on paragliders coming in, looking to take out your city. Look out, take out your community, looking to take out your church, your organization. And I don't care what badge they wear, uh, badge, Hmm. let's call it name tag because I know what badge sounds like. That's not what I meant. Let's go with name tag. I I don't care what brand they have. These folks that are getting involved in winning these races and doing these things, they don't care about us. They don't care about the United States. They don't care about Texas. They don't care about Callan County. And they certainly don't care about McKinney. They're here for the purposes of taking power and abusing said power once they get it. 
They're just like every Marxist reformer that's come before them. They hide under the guise of being progressive. They hide under the guise of defending the defenseless. They hide under the guise of looking out for the people that are not being protected, the undefended, the underappreciated, whatever. And no sooner do they get their grasp on any of that power, they promptly turn it and they turn the screws on everybody that opposes them, everybody that gets in their way. And if you doubt me, boy, you haven't been paying attention to history. Take a little time and look and see how this has played out. Hey, but don't worry. Here in the Republican Party, we're going to spend all of our time shooting at each other because, you know, there's a degree of difference with that person. The circular firing squad just continues all the time. And I, for one, appreciate the idea that there are people, we'll, we'll use the term disingenuous, there are disingenuous people that put an R after their name. They say they're going to go represent us. They say they're going to go support us. They say they're going to go take care of our things, principles, priorities, whatever. And then they promptly don't. They promptly, to borrow the words of Darren Mice, put their faith in something other than what they should. That was a paraphrase, by the way. The, the idea that we have to put all our eggs in one basket, the idea that we have to trust people that have proven themselves untrustworthy should be very problematic. It should be cause for concern. It should be a reason why we think twice. But again, it's just easier to focus on the guy next to you, the, the guy that's in the foxhole with you that is 10% different than you and you want to fight and fight and fight. Where the problem's right in front of us. You're familiar with the term rhino. That's what I'm talking about. Rhinos are a problem. But I don't think the number of people that get called rhinos is anywhere near accurate. I think it's a very small number. I think it's used as a pejorative and thrown around very easily because every time there's a degree of difference rather than ferreting out the differences, rather than discussing, well, what are the things that we actually agree on? What, rather than taking the time to consider that we're actually quite close on these issues, you immediately reject it and don't listen and you turn it off or you throw up straw men or you, you just check it out. You throw the ad hominem attacks in because, well, clearly you're that person or you agree with them. None of that has to be true. There are rhinos. We know some of them. Mittens comes to mind. The, the former Senator from Arizona comes to mind. These are people that would routinely sell us out for whatever it is that they wanted. They said they were on our team. They said that they were concerned about our principles, but they did nothing to do that. They did nothing to protect their country. They did nothing to even protect their respective states. So yeah, there's some of those folks. They're in the Texas House. They're in the Texas Senate. Perhaps in the governor's seat. But I don't even know if rhino is the appropriate term. I actually think they're just more weak-willed individuals. I think they're more opportunistic thugs. Well, maybe thugs a bit strong. Thieves, maybe? Well, maybe that's a little strong. I, I don't know. It's extremely disappointing that the people that are the problem can stir the pot and we spend all our time fighting against ourselves. Now, look, I, I will admit, 
There is a part of me that is an apologist for some of the elected officials that we have because we don't know all that they know. We don't know all that they've put up with. We don't know what it's like to operate in that environment. Okay, that's fine. Maybe you felt like you had to compromise a little bit to get something done. Maybe you felt it was best to get half a loaf rather than no loaf. I understand all of that. But the problem is, and again, if you keep surrendering, if you keep giving up, if you keep letting stuff get taken away from you with no fight, they only come back twice as hard, twice as often, and you run out of things to surrender. You run out of things that you can give up to keep the peace. Again, there is no peace to be had. Whether you believe there's an invasion by Chinese or other communist people, whether you believe the entirety of Central and South America has been brought up here uh, with Marxist rebels, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But the difference is, is we, the people have to stand up. We, the people have to pay attention. We, the people have to be prepared to defend what is ours, but to stand independently. We're not there. We're not even close again, because we're too busy worried about the guy that's supposed to be on our team. That's five or 10% different than we are. Focus on the enemy. We all know who the enemy is. That's the progressive. That's the Marxist. That's the leftist. They want to destroy what's left. They, they want to put us all under the thumb. But again, if you spend all your time, if you spend all your time worrying about a degree of difference, you're never going to face the actual real battle. You're going to be too busy worried about your flank. Now, if you're dealing with an actual legitimate rhino, then you have every right to be concerned about your flank. You have every right to be concerned about that guy letting you down or stabbing you in the back. And I've talked about this before, right? There are a whole lot of moderates that get lumped in with rhinos. But based upon my experience, based upon my interactions, most moderates are quite honest about what they believe. And they're quite upfront about, I'll support you on this. I'm not going to help you with that. And if you're actually dealing with a legitimate moderate, yeah, they're going to be a weak link because they're not going to be with us 100%. But on the things they're with us on, we need them on our team. We want them to join us. We want them to see a value by working with us. But if all we do is attack them and lump them in with the actual legitimate rhinos, how are we going to win? How are we going to make a difference? If we if we keep purifying ourselves to where there's nothing left but the absolute most pure people you can't win anything. And what good did that do? If you if you start out with a, a giant piece of ore, at a certain point when you refine it, you end up with a smaller amount of iron or, or perhaps even a smaller portion of steel. It's part of the process. And if that was actually what we were getting out of the process, a much better, more useful product, a more adaptable end goal here, something that was going to stand for the ages, okay, that'd be something. But I would liken it to gravel. We're busting up the rocks and making gravel. 
and gravel, <laughs> unless you have a couple of specific applications where it's appropriate, it's much more formidable to go up against a boulder than it is gravel. It's much more formidable to deal with a, a field of giant boulders than it is gravel. Yet, the more we fragment, the more we fight, the more we disintegrate our party, the less effective, the less formidable we become. Okay, so now you've got a chunk of rock that's you know pure granite or pure quartz. That's great, but it's the size of, I don't know, a golf ball. Is that formidable or is it that giant piece of amalgamized sandstone, granite and quartz rolling down the hill at you? Is that more formidable? It's a good question. It's a fair question. Now, if you're looking to fill a hole, you might get a little bit better fill with that gravel, but the giant stone's going to fill up a whole lot more space much quicker, isn't it? I mean, maybe it's not a good analogy. I'll give you that. It's right off the top of my head. But consider, what are we trying to do? We're trying to take back what's left. We're trying to present what's left being destroyed or prevented, excuse me. But you can do that best with when you present a united front. You can do that best when you are acknowledging that everybody on my team is not exactly like me, but they're still on my team and we recognize what and who the enemy is and we're going to work together to defeat them. Now I am curious to see how this stuff is going to play out. Again, we've made one step forward. Can we avoid more circular firing squads? Don't know. But what I can tell you is the people that are our opponents, they're sitting back and laughing their butts off. I mean, even the rhinos that are out there are laughing at us. And we're giving them every reason to do so. I mean, look at it. Justin Holland, (laughs) a a sitting state rep, has basically said, yeah, the SREC, eh, it's passe. Those county parties, yeah, they're a joke. We don't need them. We'll win without them. Well, how do you prove them wrong? I mean, if you're a Republican precinct chair, it's not like you're going to go out and support the Democrat. And if you sit home, you get a Democrat. If you if you go out there and you half-heartedly campaign, he wins. If you don't campaign, he wins. So what what is your option here? Oh, you can beat him in the primary. Okay, yeah, that's a real good idea. I appreciate that. I haven't thought of that. I'm pretty sure the guy, Dennis London, has been on it now for the second go-round, and he's going to fight the good fight. But you know, at the end of the day, the deck is stacked against him. Every piece of operation is working against him. The only thing that he has slightly on his side, perhaps, is the state Republican Executive Committee. Maybe, perhaps, he has the county party. But the county party, again, like my own in Collin County, is too busy fighting amongst itself for various reasons that they're not going to be all that. And that's the other problem, right? The, the party is supposed to stay out of the primaries. The party is not supposed to be uh, involved in a primary. We're supposed to be endorsing and working for whoever wins in that primary or the runoff. 
it's pretty hard to do that if you're picking sides before the primary is over. What's to, what's to prevent the incumbent that you def, d- defeat from running as an independent? What's to prevent the incumbent that you defeat from turning around and helping somebody else run? Nothing. The idea is we're supposed to be a partnership. We're supposed to be a symbiotic thing to where both sides benefit. The problem is for too long, the grassroots have been supporting the lesser of evils. For too long, we've been putting people in office because there wasn't a better option. And those people have sold us out. Those people have zero desire to do the things that we want them to do. Now, maybe for some valid reasons, let's be generous. But most of all, it's this doesn't help them. It doesn't give them what they want. They want to look good in front of their friends and cocktail parties. Who knows? But they're not doing the very thing that we ask them to do. And when you ask them to push and try, well, it's too hard. There's not enough support from the Republicans. There's not enough support for this. There's not support for that. Well, we'll just call the people out. Hey, this guy, they're a bad state rep. They work against our priorities. You know what? If you live in their district, you really ought to get rid of them. I mean, it'd be interesting if, I don't know, the governor or the lieutenant governor, uh, they were to go out and just start calling it like it is. Hey, this guy's bad news. We need to deal with this. We need to primary them. We need to get rid of them. I found somebody else that's good. Let's run them instead. This person's working against our priorities. This person's working against the goals of the House or the Senate. Are they going to do it? I don't know. Are they willing to do it? I doubt it. The real question is, what are we going to do about it? Are we willing to do what is necessary? Well, yeah, we are. If we have good leadership, if we have a good team, if if we see a way to get our goals. And therein lies another rub, right? <laughs> we have goals that aren't always compatible. Everybody says they want the best, most conservative person to win an election and be a good Republican. But then you have to define best, most conservative and Republican. Now, some of this would seem to be elementary, right? That's not a challenge here. And, you know, I've talked about this and I want to repeat this briefly. I'm a Liberty Republican. I'm as pro-Liberty as you can be and still be a good Republican. (laughs) My own definition, folks, my own definition. So I, I struggle. I struggle to work with people that are basically mini statists. People that are big government conservatives. It is a big struggle for me to work with them and partner on the things that we agree on. And there are plenty of things that we agree on. And then there's a whole lot of people that are in the middle of that, maybe even some moderates. But you know what? Again, we work together on the things we agree on. But in the grand scheme of things, for as much as they claim to be turned off by me or by moderates, I'm as much, if not more, turned off on the things they want to do if they ever get power. Not enough to leave the party, mind you. Not not more than the crazy Democrat, leftist, progressive crazies. So there is that. 
but it requires a certain amount of effort to be willing to work with people that are actually quite content to cage people that they disagree with. They're actually quite content to watch people bombed into oblivion because they disagree with them. And while we're, while we're talking about these things, I think it's incumbent upon me as your host. <laughs> I said months ago, the best thing the United States could do is stay out of Ukraine and Russia's battle. I likened them to members of the same family fighting for dominance. I don't think I'm wrong still. I, I also acknowledge freely both leaders are bad guys by our own standards. I acknowledge that while I have made the argument in the past that, you know, at least Putin loves his country and I still stand by that. He doesn't like anybody else, but why should he? He's the leader of Russians. Likewise, it would seem to me if you're the other guy that's in Ukraine, if you actually loved Ukraine, if you loved the Ukrainian people, you wouldn't be sending them into a grindhouse. You would have come up with a negotiated settlement a long, long time ago. And it's only because the United States stuck their nose into this and funded you that you guys are killing your people at massive quantities. So no, I'm not okay with that. It's, it's very problematic. And both sides can be wrong. And both sides can be bad. But yet, Here it is. Once again, something else is spun up in the Middle East. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? The United States sticks their nose in all the time. Our friends in Israel. I don't don't even know this time if they necessarily did anything to provoke it. I, I think just them existing might provoke it at this point. Oh, well, Hamas is going to invade today. Okay, we're going to fight back and start wiping out. Gaza Strip. Oh, well, now Hezbollah is going to come in and invade from the north. So we'll have to go bomb in Lebanon and the Golan Heights again in the Syria. Okay, that's a great idea. We're just going to deplete all the ammunition, deplete all the weapons, and mass murder people. Yep, that's a great way to solve problems here. But here's the sorry thing about all of this. Can it even be negotiated anymore? Now, I know... There's plenty of biblical scholars out there that'll tell us that, hey, don't worry, the Antichrist is going to come. There's going to be a seven-year peace agreement. And when that happens, oh, we're all going to be raptured out of here. Okay, maybe. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully. I don't really want to stick around for the tribulation or even the great tribulation. But I'm not holding on to that as an out. There's a pretty good chance that we're going to be here for a whole lot of bad stuff. And while I've said time and time again, we don't need to be sticking our nose in other people's business. We don't need to be picking sides on things that could have been settled months ago. And this is a situation where it could have probably been settled decades ago. I suspect, and I don't have any proof of this, just call it a suspicion that uh, the arms companies need to start making some more money. Yeah, those defense contractors, they're running a little lean right now. They haven't quite gotten fat enough at the trough at the taxpayer's expense. Now, granted, we're only $33 trillion in debt or whatever it is at this point. And again, that's not a quote. Don't care. Just know it's more than we can ever possibly pay back. Hey, but that's all right. We'll just print out some more uh, zeros and ones on a computer here and we'll magically have the money to pay for everything. 
Never mind we're going to enslave multiple generations and give away all that has been fought for over the decades. Hey, but hey, the Biden family got theirs. Don't you worry about it. Oh, and when you think it's just about the Bidens, keep in mind the Romneys got theirs. Hmm? You know, I generally like to keep it local. Focus on Texas and then all the way down to the city of McKinney. But sometimes there's just so many things going on that you can't continue to ignore it. You can't pretend it's not there. So I spent the lion's share of my time talking about what's been going on in Collin County. How could we possibly do better? How can we look past our minor differences to get some progress And I have to just transition into this ongoing melee of mass murdering of people because people can't get along. They have divergent views on what's supposed to happen. And I'm here to tell you the same leftist, progressive Democrats, they want similar things to those folks that are doing these things, that are forcing people to do things at the point of a gun under the threat of violence. So let me ask you, can we not put aside our own petty differences and focus on the real enemy? Can we not be at least aware that the same leftist, progressive Marxists want to destroy what's left of our country? They want to take Texas. Can we at least acknowledge that and put that first and foremost in the things that we're going to choose to do? Can we at least set aside the things that, you know, maybe are a little scary, maybe a little questionable that you don't feel like, well, we're going to have absolute control over how something plays out here, so I'm not sure I like this. Can we at least just be willing to think outside of the box? Can we at least consider the fact that we're going to need to recruit more people? We're going to need to entice more people to understand that those are the bad guys and we need to be prepared to deal with them. Can we at least take one more step forward? Can we remember, first and foremost, who's on our team? Can we remember who the enemy is? Can we end the circular firing squad and remember that they're over there? And for lack of a better way of explaining it, to the left. Aim to the left. Just assume they hate you and that's the enemy. Whether they're BLM, Antifa, IRA, Hamas, Hezbollah, whatever group they are, they hate us all. They want to take us all down. And honestly, it's not because of our freedoms. It's not because of what we have. It's not because they're jealous. It's we're in their way. In reality, they're just doing the bidding of their globalist masters that we don't talk about either. Because quite frankly, when I hear the letters WEF, the eyes roll up in the back of my head because I've heard enough. It should be self-evident, these are bad guys. If somebody's talking with a German accent and telling you you're not going to have anything and you're going to be happy, you should automatically presume those are not good guys. They don't have the best interests of me, my family, or my community. So why in the world would I listen or give them any credit? And why do we continue to tolerate our leaders doing just that? Those leaders should be picked up by the scruff of their neck and thrown out the door. But we do nothing. Hey, but that guy, he disagrees with me on 10% of the stuff. He's a bigger threat. Really? Really? Is that where we're at right now? Can we not see past that? 
please. And honestly, it just leaves me wondering if we're just going to go out with a whimper. If there's going to be nothing left. I don't believe it. But it is a concern. And with that, this has been According to Callus. And as always, I will see you on the other side.